Well, guys, buckle up. This is a big, big, big show because you're going to have to hold the phone and you're going to want to hold my watch because Kyle Bush news dropped yesterday. We're going to break that down, all things inside and out of Kyle Bush going to that eight and everything that goes along with that. Also, hey, Bubba won himself a race. Love to see it. Pit Road Boats and Woes. Uh, we had a woe right here in studio this weekend. We're going to break down why you left a lo- loose wheel. Uh, and also, I'm joined by a good buddy. Joey Logano joined Stack and Penny. So, uh, we're going to break down all things, his thoughts on playoffs, Kyle Busch, new schedule, all those. Hey, also, new schedule came out today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race. And we've got a lot of other cool venues we're going to. We're going to break that down here on the show today. And also... A little more trivia. Bristol trivia, spare change this weekend. Buckle up, guys, and crank up the radio because this is Stacking Pants. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pants. Hello, friends. I'm Corley DeJoy, driver of the number seven Chevy Camaro on Sundays, joined by my good buddies. As always, to my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello. Now, I asked you earlier, uh, what is going on with your face? What do you mean, that I have a beard? Uh, no, it's kind of unruly. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm growing it out because i got a reenactment this weekend. So Where's the reenactment? It's up in Sharpsburg, Maryland. And we've are lost you? the whole list. <laughs> they already tuned off. Are no, you? we got a lot of news, so they're not going to tune out yet. No, uh, speaking of beards, we are, we're missing one. Ice Cold Blue Mountain Takes. John the Merriman and uh, his second chin joining the show today. You guys are real ass. Yeah. You're being a real Flores right now. It's not that you didn't have a second chin before. It's just that it was hidden. <laughs> and now it's came to the light. Now uh, it's exposed. You know, kind of like your <laughs> person. <laughs> it's always been right here in front of you. It's been here the entire time. Yes. Uh, personality and a pit crew yep. uh, member this weekend. Hey, was not on purpose and... um. I don't even know if it was loose. It had torque on it when it came back in, but don't know how tight it was. But yeah, not, not tight great. Enough. We can, I can talk you right through that whole situation later on the show and pick crew boats and woes. Well, where do we even start, ladies and gentlemen? Let's just start with the schedule, because everybody's been wanting, wanting it to come out. Big news this past week: SMI announcing we are going to North Wilkesboro. All is right in the world for the All Star Race. Uber duber, pumped up for that. Now we also told you. If you want to go, get there early, bring some hot dogs to cook because you're going to be sitting in some traffic. Good chance. Just what it is. Bring a tent because you'll probably be spending the night there too, but that's the sacrifices we all must make. Bring the cup cars back to work. You know it going in. Somebody somebody did ask, uh, like, the North Carolina DOT, like, how long would it take to get a new, like, on-ramp or off-ramp put in there? They said and it ain't like, happening. That's like a several-year process because you've got to do environmental surveys. You've oh, got to get yeah, right just go get a like, dump truck and put some crush and run down, and but that's all, all you need. All that yeah. means is pack a tent and pack an extra change of clothes because you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Like, take the day off work. Take that Monday off work. To, or yeah. if it's a Saturday well, night. All-star Saturday. Yeah. yeah, but still, take that Monday off work. Stay there Saturday. Wait till Monday. <laughs> Traffic ain't that bad, Chuck. And get a and get an extra 18-pack of Bush Light. Yeah, yeah. Support the local economy. Stay around a little bit longer. No doubt. Also, Chicago Street Course has already been announced July 4th weekend. Uh, what else we got? What's Indy look like? Going to the Oval? Going to the I hope so. I don't know. What's it's it up say to your on boss? there? What's it say on there, Why don't Chuck? You text Roger and see. It says on their road course. 
It's road course. You got any road course, then Watkins Glen. So two road courses back-to-back. Two backwards pit stops. Then Daytona. So you got three races right there that anything can happen heading into the the playoffs. Gosh, I really hope we – it's not – I don't think it's decided yet. Now, also, they can just – they can just move some, I don't know, jersey berries and make it go back to the Oval. I mean, Ross Chastain drove where he wanted to. Right. So uh, the hope's not out or done for the Indy rectangle. I hope we go back because I think these next-gen cars can put on a pretty good show. Uh, Back-to-back, like Chuck just said, Indy road course potentially. Watkins Glen, Daytona stays the regular season finale, which you love to see it because keeps you locked in and engaged all night long. I mean, there's not – you know, there weren't like big sweeping changes with the schedule I mean, outside of the Chicago road course, which is a, you know, I mean, that's a huge, huge deal. And then North Wilkesboro, those are the two like really big compared to this year. Those are the big changes. So there's only one Texas race. I don't know. You count code yeah. as a Texas race. Uh, I, I, I do have a question for you as a, as a cup guy, when you see this, when the schedule comes out, what's the first thing you look at? What's the first thing you pay attention to? What are you looking for? Well, for me, I look at what the super speeder races are and how many chance I get to uh, to compete for a win. I think with just the direction we're going as a team, we are getting better. We've been on the simulator the last three, four weeks, uh, and we've seen tangible improvement there in just terms of speed and drivability. So I think over the na- next eight weeks, we're going to keep building our notebook and uh, and get more speed. So I think we also could compete at places other than speedways, but – um, for us as a small team, we'll cer- certainly circle those in the regular season, but also for us, just maximizing our day and not leaving points on the table. We've left way too many points. I've made too many mistakes and we've had some mechanical failures. So if we clean all those up, I think we can execute at a lot of the, the lot of the tracks next year. So to answer your question, yes, there's one Texas race. It's in the fall. <laughs> the schedule just came out, so we're, we're breaking this down like in real time. Well, it's, it's interesting you know, that you talk about a speedway race because that, opens up a whole year that they can renovate Texas and maybe make it more like Atlanta. Are you, are you, I mean, you're circling Atlanta, right? Circling Atlanta. Obviously we're in the mix there. Um, there came down to the last, came down to the last lap there, finished top five there the first race, but Daytona as well. I mean, hopefully we can get to a point financially where we can um, also, Hey, uh, y'all who watched the race for the championship show this week, episode two followed us around for the Daytona 500 that was kind of a peek behind the curtain of how we have to race sometimes financially as opposed to balls to the wall, uh, which we don't love all the time necessarily, but it's, it's what we have to do. Did you watch it, Chuck? I did, and I actually got feedback from like non-NASCAR fans that watched it and said that episode two was a banger of an episode. Banger, they A say. banger, yeah. What did you think about it, Mary? Oh, that was great. All but your part. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my no, part. no, I thought it was good. Obviously, the you know stuff that affects you, the the Penske turmoil, uh, is a interesting interesting dynamic. Obviously, we know how that played out in the 500. But yeah, that uh, and looked very tumultuous there when I was holding a checker flag in victory lane. I felt just fine. You got that got that ring, huh? Yeah. He even came on here with a leather jacket and the whole bit. Not him, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So. They followed me around. They followed us actually around for Atlanta as well. So I'm not sure which episode that's going to make it. So we'll get a little more TV time on there as well. But I love it for the fans to be able to really see, um, you know, my favorite thing for the show thus far has been that drone shot through Hendrick. And if you haven't seen it, it's on NASCAR's YouTube, full length, unbelievable. 
the guy takes that drone and flies through every facet of Hendrick Motorsports. And then you go peek into Spire Motorsports and, you know, you can kind of see what we're up against each and every week. I mean, the thing that's really, like, to me, like, that's fascinating about this show is you look at the amount of footage that's coming in and the amount of storytelling that's having to get done in, what, 10 episodes? So, like, we've spent time in the first two on The Clash and the Daytona 500, and now we're going to have to get to home, not Homestead. Phoenix. Phoenix. Talking schedules. Um, we're going to have to get to Phoenix within an, a set set number of time. And, like, the way that they're telling that story, is just, that's going to be fascinating to me. Well, what's also interesting about it is the timeline for production obviously mm-hmm. keeps tightening up. So yep. the last episode of the season is the, the week after Phoenix. Uh-huh. Right? So then they backdate it, and they've had – six, seven months to tell the story of the Clash and the Daytona 500. And now they're going to have a week to chop up the final four guys and who wins the championship the end of the year, which I think is going to be super cool. I'm just saying when NASCAR studios, productions, media group, whatever, whatever it was when we won our Emmys, like it's been, we've been under different names when we won our Emmys. When we won them was uh, the all-star quick turn edits for like inside the headsets. You know, like when you take the all-star race and then you do this quick turn that's on Fox and it's behind the scenes stuff for those races. It's been a couple of years since we've done those, but that's what won us our Emmys. So when we get to that episode, you bet your ass that's going to be a must watch show. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but if we don't win an Emmy, I don't know, man. I'll I don't do know some, either. I'll do I something. I think y'all got screwed. I'll tell you what's going to be good is the they followed Corey in Atlanta, so I'm excited to, to see that and the range of emotions. And but hey, they saw it on all the there. show. You could be Emmy award winning driver. Is that a thing? I mean, it can be because if Cause you're on a, if you were on a show, you're in the credits. You're on IMDb. Dang. Yeah, yeah. You're you have an IMDb page now, so there you could get you a little mini Excuse Emmy me. award. Yeah. You know, who you're still. talking to Chuck. <laughs> IMDb actor. We're still potentially off. We Emily Winner. Hashtag sports award. Still yeah. To yeah. Tom Brady. From that. Yeah. Hashtag nah. Emmy. All right. That's what we need. Back to the schedule. Yeah. Back to the schedule. <laughs> um, beyond that, a lot of similarities between this year and last year. A couple dates moved around. Chicago Street Course. North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race. Playoffs are the same. Playoffs are the exact same 10 races. Working out well right now. It, they are exciting as they've ever been. It's going to be a – this next round, boys, is going to be tricky. Let me tell you what. Talladega and the Roval? Talladega, Roval, and Texas. Texas? We're going to get Joey Logano's opinion on that round as well as uh, his playoff potential hopes. He's feeling pretty good about it, and rightfully so. He's up 40 on the cut line, headed into Bristol, and we know Joey Logano can get it done. Uh, but also, let it go known that Road America isn't finished completely. Xfinity cars continue to go back there, as well as, drum roll please, they're going to the Chicago street course. Yep. Um, on a Saturday, that'll be pretty cool to just do a little warm-up for all the folks that come out to see Chicago. They see the Xfinity cars, as well as the cup cars, and a lot of on-track action. And then the trucks, moving from Knoxville dirt track to the Milwaukee mile. Ooh. And Craftsman's back. Yeah. All is right in the world. Now, if they the first time somebody wins a Daytona and they don't put a toolbox on t- on that damn roof, I'm raising hell. I think they're doing that. <clears throat> they they better. Yeah. So they're not running better trucks or Xfinity well, at not, stuff they, with nothing but ten millimeter sockets. So what they did oh. they 
they consulted with Mike Skinner on what they should do. On what they should do, and I think Skinner actually had an old toolbox, and they're they're bringing the the red toolbox back. Oh, if I'm not, I love that. You know, don't quote me on that. I'm no, pretty sure that's what I heard. No, so, your quote is on Reddit. Trucks now. are running in North Wilkesboro on nice. May 20th. Do they do a pit crew competition in Wilkesboro? They should, but it should be old school pit crew. Where they sling the jack? What's Leonard going to come pit at 21? What does that mean? No, like you got to knock somebody off their feet yeah. with the jack when oh, you're coming gosh. around the car. Okay. I'm nope. excited to see what all is planned for North Wilkesboro All-Star Week because I think they're going to – I mean, they're kicking it's, around all sorts of ideas. I mean, it's – Late model race potentially. It's NASCAR's 75th anniversary, so they're going to have to go all out for that one. I got a street stock we can race. I got a street, <laughs> street stock, stock we race. can race. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming. I just love the flexibility of the sport right now. I mean, there is – there's no red tape to cut through, seems like. Like, it's not this slow-moving, chugging machine that we've all been used to for the last decade. Like, let's get a Chicago street race done. Boom, it's done. Let's go to North Wilkesboro, who has been dead and gone since 1995. Mm-hmm. And now we're on the All-Star race there. So, Which means, like, North uh, – not which means Road America could be back as a cup race in the future. No, no, that's gone. See ya. No, see you later. At some no, point. see you later. If North Wilkesboro can come back, nope. any track can come back. Yeah, but nope. Road America. Uh, Road America is not going to not have any motorsports on it. Period. Xfinity's going. North Wilkesboro is what had three races on it since Cups left. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there yeah. were there was that run a couple of events there. Yeah, that's like what I'm talking about. Yeah, but like there's just some things that just go together, like a pe- peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. NASCAR uh, and Road America uh, is not a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Got questions on that. Don't know that that goes together, but I'm <laughs> I'm your friend still. That's what Junebug says. Okay. Don't knock it till you try it. Banana mayonnaise. Banana mayonnaise. Yeah, not peanut know. butter mayonnaise. Just, Damn it. Sorry. About. Let me redo that. <laughs> no, no, no you little, have to leave that in. That's in there. That's the thing. That's his LaJoy special. If Try you, that. If somebody, wants, right. if somebody wants to be the penny stacker next week, send a tweet of you eating a no. mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwich and let us I, know how yeah, it goes. Quite taste. How hard did you hit this weekend? <laughs> Apparently hard enough. <laughs> Apparently hard enough. Uh, we, you know who else goes together like peanut butter and mayonnaise? Kyle Bush and Richard Childress. Hey. That's a hell of a transition. <laughs> hold my hold my sandwich. Yes. Hold my sandwich, hold my watch, and hold the phone. Kyle Bush and Richard Childress. Who'd have thunk it? I don't know. Couple theme. The three horsemen of the apocalypse, I think, are assembling as we speak. I don't know, though. Like, yeah. I think that this. I like it. I love it. I like it. I want some more of it. <laughs> I think it gives <laughs> Kyle the opportunity to be Kyle, right? Like he, people have compared him to Dale Earnhardt for so long, and now he gets to drive for the same team that Dale Earnhardt drove for. You feel like he wasn't himself driving the 18? No, he was, but I think there's a little. Well, you're never yourself when you're hungry. You need a Snickers. <laughs> this is <laughs> this, turn. This is not good. <laughs> this is not good. But anyway, yes. Kyle Busch, Richard Childress Racing. I, but no, I think he was himself, but I think that there's a little bit more of that. Joe, Richard, Richard Childress put him in a headlock and wait, punched him. Wait, You got an owner that's willing to do that? Joe, Joe Gibbs, Gibbs, gonna do Joe that. Gibbs Racing to win championships doesn't need Kyle Busch. Richard Childress Racing to win championships needs Kyle Busch. And there's a difference in the mentality, I think, Kyle takes to the shop when he goes because he knows he is needed and has a valuable spot there. 
I think that at the end of the day is what you're trying to sum up. Yes. Yeah. And I think also it's, it's something about being uh, a two car team, you know, you can keep all your information tight. Um, interesting that Cobbler said, three car team. it's not gonna be a three car team. You, all this stuff right now is poker bluffs. Yeah. All it is, is RC trying to get paid more t- from Toyota or 2311 to buy Tyler Reddick out of his contract. Cause I'll tell you what, RC would have no problem sticking Tyler Reddick over in the 78 with a motor deal and a technical alliance and letting them, for be- lack of better words, rot for a year. Because you, you can lease a charter, he right? He is not happy with TR. You, not. You can lease a charter for a year, right? He's not spending the money to lease a charter. He's going to get get what scrape up whatever used parts in the engine shop and fire them over somewhere it doesn't cost him anything to run Tyler Reddick to fulfill contract obligations. So an open car that Reddick would be in? No. I'm sure that there's some contractual language that TR has to be in a chartered car, some sort of a competitive effort, right, right. which is open to interpretation. Uh, but I can assure you it will not be a third car on the floor RCR. Not happen. Because that is a give or take $13, 14000000 million endeavor to run a third car. It ain't happen. You talked about it a little bit with Joey, and we'll get into that in that interview, but just that when he was leaving Gibbs, that sort of gap of – there's a lack of information flow. Yeah. If if Tyler Reddick is there for a year, that information flow is going to be almost non-existent. You have to think. Yeah. He's not going to be included. On, like, they already announced that they are taking the entire eight-car crew and kicking t- Tyler Reddick out and putting Kyle Busch in. That's a that, strong team. That is a strong team. Randall Dude, Burnett. Randall Andrew Burnett Dickinson, has that thing rolling. If Kyle yes. was driving that car this year, how many wins would – the eight car have. Kyle Bush is going to win four to five races next year. I mean, I, it's just depends it's, on, I mean, it depends on if the Chevys are as strong as they are next year, if the Fords or Toyotas catch up, right? And right now, this year, it seems as though everybody's pretty even. They have their strong suits some weeks. Some cars are, the, the Toyotas and the Chevys have been better than the Fords, but still, you know, it, it kind of goes in waves where last year, Hendrick was dominant and Kyle Larson won 10 races. Mm-hmm. If we get to a point in the next gen in the next year or two where they start, you know, Chevy figures out something on motors or figures out something on aero and they get, you know, to where like a track, like who would have guessed track house yeah. has as many wins as they have. If you give Kyle Busch that car, it's probably he knows how to close better than Ross Chastain and Dan Suarez. Yeah. Well, in terms of draft stock, I mean, he's he's lucking out with a crew chief and, and Randall. I mean. I, all, team. That, all that went into consideration. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. But when he's sitting there with. A twenty three eleven option on the table, one year option, a multi year RCR option, a multi year and potentially some equity colleague. Like he's looking at the he's also Joey Logano says it later. Kyle Bush is a very smart dude. Outside the car, and he is a savant when it comes to making a heavy stock car go fast in a circle. He is unbelievable at that. But he's talking he's thinking about crew chief. There's a reason why I didn't go to college because they're not a key partner. They don't get the same help from Chevy as RCR does. Obviously, Randa Burnett and the multiple wins that ACAR has this year and the consistent speed they have factor into his decision. No question. I just look at it like when he paired up with Adam Stevens, it just worked. And when Adam decided to go to the 20, like I know they they had an off year. 
you know, before that, ended up winning to Texas to keep the win streak alive. But I just look at this pairing of Randall and Kyle and think, you know, are, the, are they going to be as good as, as him and Adam? I don't know. They won 25 races together, I think, in an incredibly short amount of time. But, like, that, it seems like Randall is that type of guy that could be super special with Kyle. When Kyle said multiple times in the press conference today that RC is a racer, he gets it, and the people at RCR, he called, he said they're racers, racers. So, to hey, that, like, for sure. I mean. Now, can I also bring up Kyle Busch? today isn't the same Kyle Busch he was with Adam Stevens. Like we have seen Kyle Busch go through a shift with maturation, with kids, with family, with now after leaving JGR for 15 years and two championships, hitting a reset button and the culture is going to be different. The environment's going to be different, but I think he's going to be as motivated as ever. And he can lean, on, he can lean on. on his brother too. Cause Kurt, different circumstances, but Kurt had hit the reset button on his career a few times. But I think that that's the point that I was getting to with the racers racers. He's looking at where this RCR team is right now. And Richard mentioned it in the thing, like they want to build that eight car towards the future. So if you put Kyle Bush in there right now, are you going to see a resurgence of RCR back to its heyday, if you will? Well, high tide raises all ships, right? And the thing that I that I wonder about, obviously all the stuff we talked about, but he has had the best pit crew for the better part of 10 years, right? Different guys with TJ Ford or Kellen Mills and his guys now, they, that team has been great for the better part of 10 years. And is it because he makes them better? And the eight car, right? Now it opens up guys that maybe didn't want to go to RCR and drive the welcome for pit stop practice. Now they're going to be calling like, Hey, I want to pit for that guy. For sure. Cause the guys on the, the guys on the eight team now went there because of him. Now does it cause some turmoil? Because those guys are great. They're the fast team in the sport. Do they want to pit for a rookie? Do they get switched? Where do they put them? I mean, what about, what about the three pit crew? You're I not going to take, got- you're not going to take the grandkids team. No, yeah, no, I'm not, not going to do it. I'm not saying, but you've got guys there that are competing the system works correct that's what i'm saying is like the eight so, car's not bad right they're not a bad pit crew i mean they're in the top 10 of mechanics where and they're a good team yeah so to your but they're point, not a second better in the field like his team is now but to your point will guys want to come to work Absolutely. with kyle knowing that all right they've got a good pit team here that you can build on i don't, I don't know i mean yeah. i think there's something yeah they got their own tv show yeah but uh i mean who wouldn't want that you can, you can buy your tickets and watch it yeah, but, but yeah, and you think like maybe, maybe, you know, Randall Burnett's brother owns Millbridge Speedway. Brexton raced out there. Maybe they give him a deal on pit Brexton got contract. Maybe that was some of the. Brexton got a contract. Maybe give him a deal on pit passes. Brexton got a contract today. RC offered him an option. Really? First right of refusal. Yeah. Oh. Maybe you got to watch too. Stop. Corey's just he's jealous. Seven. You're just jealous. You no, know he's not. He's, he's at he's least like, the nine. I mean, how old's Ty Gibbs? I think he's seven. Not the same age. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same age as Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I think he's seven. So would you? Did stop. you? Would you wreck Brexton like you wrecked Ty Gibbs? Oh, if he chops me twice, hell yeah, get out of the way. Move now, or lose it, but it's going to be a GoPro motorplex. Now, Rexton I wouldn't say Rexton. so. So that's a. You didn't wreck him. You just didn't cut him a break a second. I just want to rattle his cage. Him. No, I, didn't, I didn't wreck he, him. No, I you, just touched his bumper, put him in the wall. You held your line, and he wrecked himself. Is are that how are you we would... getting into that now? I feel like we haven't moved on from Kyle Busch. Hey, guys, Kyle Busch signed the car. Well, yesterday. there's other dominoes that I think still have to fall, too. 
Yeah, who goes to the 18? Tyrone. Braxton Bush, no. The the biggest question is if they hold hold Tyler Reddick at RCR, who goes in the 45 if Kurt Busch doesn't come back? That's That's the the big one that we don't know. I mean, right. they, we, can put, they can put John Hunter and Emacek in there say. for a year, plug him in there, because John Hunter's in the background of this thing, sitting there wondering what's going on, because he's a Toyota guy, and his owner just said, all my trucks are going Chevy. The end of the truck race, like, hearing Nemechek talk, like, kind of, it's up in the air, don't really know, like, things are happening, but we don't know what the things are, so... I'm interested to see where John Hunter Nemechek, winner at Kansas, uh, championship contender, where he ends up. That's just the big domino has fallen, and now everything will sort itself out. Uh, because Kyle Busch was the biggest free agent, I believe, in the history of his career. Ever. I, I Ever. was thinking about, like, when have we seen something on this level? At the absolute peak of their career. Yeah. Well, 29. Tony, when, when he went to the four, yeah, yeah. But, but he wasn't a champion, yeah, and he sure as hell didn't have six have sixty wins. He's yeah. only got that now. Tony's probably the closest, but he yeah. went and did his own thing, yeah. So like, it's a little bit different. But even though, even then, people were like, "What are you doing? Yeah. What about Brad? He's champion." But it, 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 still, it, it, the it wasn't the same level same. of no. what's going to happen. It was like it you they kept it kind of close to the vest until it happened. Let's put it this way: there's been nobody else. That is a a a realistic Mount Rushmore of the sport type of talent to do what Kyle Busch has done. I agree with that. Well, the fact that he didn't decide it and he lost his ride has been maybe the biggest deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and I lost my ride. Does he bring fired? a championship no. to RCR? That was just I was quoting. You're fired. No, I lost my ride. That's what he says. Oh, you got after no, I lost my after ride. thirty wins. You got fired? Lost I lost my ride. What? Does he bring a championship to RCR? I was going to ask you that. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too. <laughs> I'm going to say hell yeah. God, you'd love to see one a championship. Multiple. Who cares? Just One anything. would be enough. Like, one would be. But look, don't. This is Kyle Busch's last stop. Don't. This, yeah. There's you no think? more. Yeah. This is the last stop. How many he's, more years? Four. You think he's only got four years left? He said in an interview, he said he wanted to run long enough. To where Brex, him and Brexton can share a truck when he's sixteen or seventeen, and then so let you him just go. said but four. If you look at the numbers, yeah. drivers peak when they're 38. 40, 38. 38 to forty. Like Kyle could race till he's forty five and still win races. I can agree with that. Well, Harvick's forty six. Yeah, and I think nobody here is questioning Kyle Busch's ability versus Harvick's. I would feel like we all would raise our hand and take Kyle Busch's raw talent over about anybody in the field for sure. So. Maybe he goes. I don't know. Maybe he goes five, six, seven. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I could He's see. Be the, the, I could see him staying at RCR until his career's done. I, I I think if he goes out, he wins a championship. They truly build that team back up. I don't want to get too far lost in the weeds because also with this new TV deal going, there you never know with new OEMs. But also he, for RC, like don't yeah. forget, Harvick's only what well, he was there twenty fourteen, and then he left. But then. He put Ryan Newman in the, in the final four in the championship in 15. And then that same year, that's when Furniture Row was partnered up with RC with a deal and they were running all their stuff and they made the championship. I just think it's tough when you're a key partner of Chevy to compete with Hendrick. That I just, I, I think that, you know, if the Chevys are going to have speed, it's going to be hard to beat the Yeah, but they share Hendrick notebooks. Cars, but they share notebooks. But 
Kyle Busch Kyle gives you Bush leverage. Kyle Busch is by the numbers better than anybody that Hendrick has. Yeah. So I he's he's. Is there anybody by the numbers better than Kyle Busch? So I was I was actually I went down a rabbit hole and like this is semi unrelated. Just about like we were talking about the difference between good, great, and elite, and and in terms of like win percentage, I was doing it just off a of racing reference, and it looks like. To me, I think you can make the argument that the line between like great and elite is like ten percent winning a, average, a nine or ten percent winning average. In yeah. in Kyle's like nine something. In I think Jimmy was nine three. Jimmy Jimmy may be more than that. I mean, David Pearson's like eighteen, and the King is like sixteen, and Earnhardt's like at eleven. I think eleven is like right around the low end. But but Kyle's knocking on the door. And to your point, Chase. And Kyle Larson are sitting there in the sixes, right? I mean, their careers are, are early. You you know, got to throw away those first couple of years. But I mean, he was good early yeah. too, man. For, he was young. for sure, Kyle is like Kyle's like in the the nine point mids. So no doubt about Kyle Busch's abilities. Yeah, but I tell you, who has some doubt about this person's abilities is Bubba Wallace. He was shutting them haters up this weekend because mm-hmm. he got the job done at Kansas. We're gonna break that down right after this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Man, Bubba Wallace shutting the haters up this weekend. Janie, pull the, pull the tape. I think Bubba Wallace is tough this week. I agree with that. I think he is. Do not count Bubba Wallace out this weekend. I think he's going to be pretty strong. I called Bubba. I think you did, too. I'll give you credit. I think I did. I said I thought Bubba had a hell of a chance, but I thought Denny Hamlin was going to win the race. So, you know, first and second, I'll I'll be your cow. Hey, be my Ricky. Um, shake and bake. Shake and bake. Um, I'm proud of Bubba. Got the job done. Long green run. Handled himself super well after that. Yeah. The shh was yeah. perfect. It was good. Um, in the media center stuff, it was good. He was emotional, but he was also super, super pumped up for Booty. Obviously, him and Booty have had their ups and downs this year, but there was – I saw a tweet 
the Booty Barker in the last 32 races, I believe it was with, with Bubba, has almost matched his entire career stats. Well, that was his Booty's second cup win, right? Yeah. Well, both have been with Bubba. Yeah. Well, Bubba had a pretty good car in Nashville, and he had a loose wheel. Yeah. And he melted. Mm-hmm. Had a loose wheel, lap 83. Had to come back down, tighten it. Right, so there's obviously been some growing going on there because he, I didn't hear radioactive, but he obviously didn't melt. They came in, they tightened it down, go back out, execute the rest of the day, win the race. And boy, did he earn it because he had a lot of chances. Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell was bearing down his neck there on that last green flag run, but then the boss is in your mirror. That final restart. Eating them two, three tenths a lap. He had a restart. That final restart didn't give up. No, went up there and passed the forty-eight. Uh, got the lead. I love it, man. I just love it. And I think I said it after Darlington when I'm looking at Bubba, he's running on 11th or 12th. And I'm like, NASCAR is just better when Bubba's running good. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's more exciting. Man, Bubba is like, fun to watch. He's fun. Either you like cheering for him or you like rooting against him to each their own. But, man, I I love it. And the 45 guys, they must have that killer setup for Kansas. Now, I don't really know how it works, but I don't believe that that is a 45 car. It's the same 40, 23 team. They essentially swapped the decals on it. Uh, but regardless, you got to push the button. When the team had good notes from Kansas from the spring. No question. Both both of those cars were fast. Bubba and Kurt were fast in the spring. Yep, no doubt. And all the Toyotas ended up being fast again. One, two, three, I believe. Chris Bell in third. Yeah, but he's like I sent you the stat yesterday where – in the last 10 races, Bubba's got the best win- best finishing percentage. It with 10th. Yes. Which so, is moving. Which is good. I mean, that's 10 weeks put together and have a top 10 string. I mean, that's it's a big deal. And that's how you win races. You consistently put yourself in position. You go to Michigan, you learn. Like, he's he's yeah. doing stuff this year and growing and hell, running good at road courses where he has definitely grown up. And uh, I, I don't know if Booty Barker has is, is the – is the guy that you know has, Gets has the been best able to get him. that out of him? Yeah, yeah. it's well, all about culture, man. Being around good people. I think if we look back at, at Talladega, we're like, oh, the, yeah, that's awesome. But this one, this one, whether anybody will admit it, admit it or not, is different. And I don't, I'm not yes, saying that because the totally first one was rain, wow. a rain win or whatever. I'm, I'm saying that because people can discredit that away, even though he but, earned, he earned but that you position. Earned it. I'm talking about if you just look at at Bubba in in this win versus that win, like. Something has clicked. Yes. Like this, Do this is a Bubba that's very sure of himself and knows what he's doing. Is it coincidence that ever since Tyler Reddick got announced as driving for the 45, that he has turned the wick up? No. I think it's well-timed. You don't think? I don't think it's coincidence because Bubba's always been the type of guy where he's like, he kind of needs a little kick in the ass to be like, all right. Yeah. All right, watch this. So uh, it's it's healthy. It's not a knock on him. Yeah, it's healthy. And having a win like this, where you overcome adversity early, and then at the end, you how, how many laps do you lead there at the end? I mean, the uh, whole last yeah, run, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, sixty. So like you go off, and you, I mean, it's a pretty, for lack of a better word, dominant win. Also, it is so easy when he's in a position like that to give it up, speed on pit road, lock a tire up, getting down for a green flag stop. Like there are so many variables that when you're have that fast of a car like he did to give it up. Right, but he didn't hit the fence running there the last 30, 40, 50 laps. Didn't look up in his mirror. They were trying to give him interval interval times. He's like, Nope, I got it. I'm just cruising. So he had an eye in his mirror. 
like Bubba was confident and in control. But I think really Denny, cool. Denny is also a huge part of that too, because if you go back and listen to Denny's unfiltered interview he did in studio and the stuff that he was talking about, and you listen to Bubba's and the stuff that he was talking about, and Bubba's talking about wanting to learn this, become a more complete race car driver, do this, do this, do this, and then listen to him when he gets out of the car. And he was, and they asked him something about Denny. And they're like, that dude ran like dog crap at the beginning. And he's like, that's what I need to learn to do next. Like, that's what I need to learn to be more like Denny because he comes back and fights. So he just won the race and he's already in his head picking apart what he can study and learn from. That I think is the difference. So does this win give like, because he's talked about the confidence issues in the past and like just all that stuff. Does this really help him like realize, okay, I can do this. Well, I, I think know how to do this on a Sunday. I think the on a win, Sunday. away away from a speedway race, absolutely. Right. The right. win is a product of him gaining confidence, right? It's not going to boost his confidence. It's a product of the work that he's put in. And yeah, you get in like first and foremost, it's way different this win than it was at Talladega because when you learn that you win the race sitting on top of the pit box, hoping that the radar doesn't clear up, is a lot different than driving under the checkered flags to start finish line and parking there and going to victory lane with your team. No doubt. So. Yes, they're both credited as cup wins, and they were both earned, but it's different. So going, coming from the 43, and, and we've talked about this, right? The expectations were low when he was in the 43. And going to the going to the 23 and having Gibbs cars, like, you pull the band. If, they're, if the wound ain't healed, you pull the Band-Aid off. And on days when you have a rough day with 43 and stuff goes wrong, nobody gave a shit if you ran 26th. Nobody gave a shit if you ran 16th. But now, if you're in a Toyota and they're all finishing the top five and you're running the back, it ain't good. And he had a rough year with that last year. But he's grown into that role. Like, okay, how, how do we fix it? They got the right people around him. Him and Wheels, Wheels is a good crew chief. They didn't get along, right? So they move in a guy that, that is going to be successful with them. You look at Booty Barker's stats, Booty needed the right guy around him too, right? So they both two guys that haven't been great both fix each other's career or both get the most out of each other at this point in their career. So he he had to shake that stuff from being at a team where the expectations were low and grow into a role where, hey, there's a reason why they switched his car number for him to race for an owner's championship. Well, and they also like I think we're going to have to wait and see, too. This is not a this is not a pun intended, but when the wheels fall off again, how does he respond? when he has three straight finishes of outside the top 25 because of wrecks or running poorly or something like that, how, how is he going to respond to that? Right. And I think that's the proof will be in that pudding, but it's, that dude got it done. It's way easier to maintain confidence in yourself. When you look at your mantle and see that Kansas trophy on the shelf, like I was the best guy that day and Bubba was the best guy that day. And I think even after the Talladega win, he never had that, thing to look at right simple i mean that's how i get my head is you know on the bad days i'm like can i really do this just because i don't have something on my mantle to look at I, I, hell i don't even have an xfinity race truck race wins because i've never really raced ha something halfway decent ever in my nascar career got plenty of k&n stuff but like you can you can look at all that stuff and try to garner like self-fabricated confidence but until you have that trophy sitting on the wall that you prove to yourself that you were the best guy that day Man, it's hard to really maintain a consistent level of confidence. And I believe Bubba punched that ticket 
this weekend, just the same as he punched his ticket one to the round of 12 for the Owners' Championship. A lot of money wrapped up there, but also punched his ticket, Chuck, to North Wilkesboro in the All-Star Race, which is pretty damn cool. But you know what I think? I wanted to bring this up earlier. You know who's going to be laying in the weeds here? Who? A part-time IndyCar driver. Oh, Mr. Jim? Mr. Jimmy Johansson. Mm-hmm. Because he's eligible for... Eligible. Oh, Project 91. Project 91 Chevy team. Oh. Or open car for Hendrick. Bring back the 48 for a... I don't know. When's Junior, I mean, when's junior by the Charter? North Wilkesboro is the home of Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I learned my, that when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I went into a I went into a construction store looking yeah. for some. They said that that's the original Lowe's right there. Bring Lowe's back for one race. I would cry. Yeah, I'd cry. Uh, really would. And I don't think that's far fetched. Your now, ass really be crying if he drove by on the top. See ya. Yeah, yeah. I I learned Jimmy something. That'd be the first time in, my, in like ever in my career I'd get a chance to like race with him. What if you brought, somewhat, brought like, Chad back and they flew around Malik in? <laughs> oh man, God, yes. So I wanted to two stats on Bubba um, before we move on, move on. He like there are maybe twenty eight other drivers that have two wins in the NASCAR Cup Series. Like drivers with wins is a small group. Drivers with multiple wins is a smaller. I mean, yes, there are guys that have Michael Waltrip. Yeah, but I'm just saying like that. Like it takes a lot to get one. And to get multiple isn't even it's it's rare to get that. Uh, the other stat that I wanted to to share was that he is one of I believe ten other drivers to have won under the rule of two different British monarchs. What yeah, a stat! Yeah. Who's the other? The others are um, <laughs> somebody from Florida is calling me right now. And wondering where to meet up for battle. Yeah, we're 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 gonna talk about battle. Um, the others are. Bob Flock, Curtis Turner, Lee Petty, Tim Flock, Bill Blair, Fireball Roberts, Fonny Flock, Herb Thomas, and Marshall Teague. I thought that was going to be a little, like an elite list of like one or two That's guys. A pretty good guy. It's an elite list for sure. Well, I mean, Lee Petty. Well, they're all from Fonny the Flock, same. Fireball from Roberts, the 50s? Herb Thomas. Yeah, yeah, no, but they were they they uh they won under George the uh, sixth and uh, Queen Elizabeth. Now, couldn't we also say that like anybody pretty much wins the rest of the year if they've won before? Yeah, will now also be on that yeah, list now. Right. But so, he is know, the first. Not a very cool stat, Chuck. That's a stat. That. that is that not sounds a like cool a stat, stat that comes from a guy that reenacts wars on the weekends. Well, it's, oddly it's, enough, yeah, uh, I, enough, I believe you're correct. Um, <laughs> Where it came from, damn it! I'm well, bored. actually, it came from Chicago. Let's go to, to pit road boats and moes after this break. Stand by. We got more good stuff coming right up. And we're back. Pit Road Boats and Woes time with front tire changer of Ryan Blaney's Ford Mustang. Ryan Flores, um, you had a little woe. Oh, yeah, big woe. Big woe? I oh, mean, no. It wasn't like you just come back and. What is the process of, like, did you know it was somewhat, could have been loose when you sent it? Or when they dropped I the jack? left the right side, I what like when I. I came back in. It was it was really challenging. So to so to dive deep into it, right? I'm not trying to make excuses here. Just explaining it for the listeners. We all saw the 18, the 11, I think the 43, 19. 40. Yeah, they well not, but they had penalties where they rolled oh. their tires in somebody else's pit box. I had one of those. Yep. Very easy to do at Kansas. Small pit stalls. A lot of cars on pit road at the same time because so many cars are on the lead lap. So. 
we had the 10 car coming around us. Now the pit stalls are narrow, but they're also wide. So the cars park a little bit further out and you got to roll your tire further distance to the wall. With that being said, the 10 car was coming around us at like the perfect time when I pull my tire and roll it, that it would go right into their rear changer if I was, if I missed it. So it would automatically impede their pit stop, put us to the back of the line. Had a tight tolerance on the shock bleed and, you know, the droop. So when I pull it, it gets a little bound up. I stay with it, kind of gets in the hose a little bit. So I take an extra second to get it back to the wall to make sure it's right. When I come back in, I'm a little late getting there as I'm going in, Graham's leaving. So the tire moves a little bit, isn't completely flat. And when I run it up, it gets like, it labored a little bit on the studs. It just didn't run up clean. But it made the noise and kind of everything told me it was tight because I stayed on it the same amount of time. But as I left, I got to like the emblem and like, okay, something didn't feel right there. I don't know what it was. Get to the left side, finish left side, jump straight up. Go see Raymond Fox, our car chief. We look at it and decipher that. When you say you look at it, you look at it in the helmet camera. Look at the helmet camera and like, hey, man, uh, don't feel. It was past the lock. And when I went out there, it had torque on it. But I just don't know how much torque it had. So at how much, that, how much torque is acceptable? I don't. Seven hundred pounds. I mean, I think six hundred is what people said at the beginning of the year. But can you get away with three hundred? Right? You wanted five mm -hmm. lug nuts type before. Mm -hmm. Then you seen them run on two before, you know. So even so, we're three quarters of the way into a season on this stuff, and we still don't really know. But um, but yeah, we were you know. 20, 30 years into uh, five, lugs. five lugs and we were learning stuff every week. But yes, that being said, we came back down. We saw the 20, the 45 had a loose wheel the same exact time we did. They came in, fixed it. And the 19 car, they were lucky from what I saw uh, with Hunter on the rear there. They were lucky to um, make a background without a wheel falling off. Yeah. So I like I, I saw because that thing was flopping around under like on the bottom of the apron there. That's a big deal. It didn't fall off because that's you know you lose two guys and a crew chief for the playoffs. Mm. It's it's not great. Now is not the time to lose your people. Kansas, you know Gibbs goes from you know the the penthouse to the outhouse a little bit with a lot of penalties on their on three of their cars and why was it we saw more equipment interference penalties than usual? Well, just because of the the like we just said, the, the tightness on pit road. So equipment isn't, you know, you think of equipment interference, you think of stuff like a gas can getting drug out of pit road right. or, you know, a gun getting drugged. But yes, it's the tire getting rolled into the other pit box and impeding their pit stop to 18. One stop, they pulled the left rear and the guy behind the wall didn't quite get a hand on it. It bounced over into the 38s stall as they're coming from the right to the left. They trip on it, impedes their pit stop to the back. Mm. Same thing with the 11. They, those guys, you know, they're, they're running as hard as they can, as fast as they can. So uh, a lot of this time of year is, is risk management. And if you're trying to do a nine one and you're not taking care of where your right front's going and it goes a little wide, guess what? You're going to the tail end. So. Mm. Now, do we see that more often than not this year or not all like more often now? Yes. Yes. Be mainly. Because there's more cars on the lead lap than there's ever been. We saw it last year too, mm. but mainly because there's more cars on the lead lap than there's ever been. You haven't run into this because before there was nothing to have 14 cars on the lead lap. Now it's nothing to have 28, 30, right? And that's just more pit stalls that are occupied the first time by. Well, we went, we saw the four 
Those guys went from pit road yachts because they were top of the sheet to behind the wall with a big whoa. So, yeah, they win the average for the weekend, and the 19 is second. Obviously, put an asterisk next to the 19, but yes, they had a mistake, but they had a mistake, and they were doing fast stops. The four car wins the average because they only had one stop, but it was fast. So, we've lived this before. It's a gift and a curse. You have one stop. If it's a really good stop, guess what? You're top of the charts. If it's a really bad stop, you could be 27th. That's right. So, it worked out for them this weekend, but big shift in the mechanics where uh, numbers. The 24 takes the lead, and they were P3 on the day. They take the lead, followed by the 41 and the 45 this week's winner. Hmm. So a lot of shifting. The one car goes from first to 10th. Yikes. And the three car who's been, you know, leading that thing quite a bit is down 15th, 16th. Way down. Yeah, now, is it, is it hard to recover? Can you make up that gap by a couple good weekends in a row? For years, it's been whoever gets a head start kind of gets out and wins it. We've seen the nine car, the 22. I've never seen a shift like I saw this weekend. The one going from first to 10th. So they have changed the metric on where it's weighted, depending on where you're running and uh, positions gained and lost off pit road, along with your average. So um, obviously it's super competitive. The 18's fourth and the 19's fifth. The 18, I think, is is your favorite right now. But as we've seen, a couple, the, the reason that they're not P1 right now is because they had a 12th to start Darlington and lost a couple spots. You can't do that. What's that four team got to do being 35 points below the cut line to win Bristol? He's not a stranger to win in Bristol. They asked him, what'd he say? And he said, how's your chances to win Bristol next weekend? He said, better than most. Yeah. He so, ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. And he's one Chase Elliott block away from winning last year. Bro, I'll tell you, when Kevin Harvick gets that tiger look in his eye, watch out. And he's going to be locked in this weekend. Somebody else we're going to talk to that potentially is going to be locked in this weekend has multiple Bristol trophies on his shelf. Joey Logano coming right up after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, guys, just like we mentioned, driver, the number 22, Penzel Ford Mustang, friend of the show, but also a good friend of mine, Mr. Joey Slice Bread, next-gen Joe Logano, joint stack and pennies. What's up, Shu? Oh, man, just excited to talk to you a little bit. First off, can we just talk about that backdrop? Uh, probably the most impressive backdrop of anybody we've had on the show. Well, um, as I was saying before, we're in the process of moving. 
and uh, and we've just kind of set it all here in my office for now. And uh, it's a good problem. It's a good problem. You just put it there, and it's a, it's a good backdrop. It's, uh, it's- yes, I have blinds in my backdrop. You sort of have two monsters, a Harley J. Earl trophy, a championship trophy, a Martinsville clock, and two Vegas trophies, and also a bottle of hand sanitizer. So you got it all covered. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. What's the next? Enough, though. It needs another championship trophy on the other side. That's that's the goal this year. It does look a little. It does look a little like that, right? Sideways, no right. doubt. So, how do you like the 22's chances? Up 40 going in to Bristol. Got to be feeling pretty good about that going to the round of 12. But how do you like eight weeks from now your championship hopes? I feel pretty good about it. You know, it's. I mean, this year, I mean, there's so many different winners, and anybody can win at any time. No one's really found consistency over a course of more than five or six weeks it seems like like the the cycles just are going so quick we're typically right in the past you'd have a team that would figure something out and it would last half a year or or, or close to it before they maybe go on a little bit of a dip and someone else would figure it out it's like every three to four weeks there's a new team that's figured it out and they're going fast um right now i'd say it's a toyota especially at you know, the, the faster mile and a half type racetracks, obviously Bristol this weekend, it's not like that. So um, I think it just depends on the type of track. It depends on, you know, how things kind of go through a cycle. And uh, ultimately you just got to keep yourself in it because you may be the one at the end that has the fastest cars when it all comes down to it. But if you knock yourself out of the playoffs, it doesn't matter. So we just got to keep ourselves in it, stay alive. And I think we're, in the, you know, we're, we're not bad on speed. We qualified, uh, you know, second last week, we can run up towards the front. Um, so good at Darlington, too. I feel good. Well, also, it's it's not only just about going to the next round of the playoffs. It's about trying to stack up playoff points, whether it's winning stage, whether it's winning here at Bristol, which, sir, are no stranger to victory lane, multiple swords uh, that I don't see in the backdrop behind you. But first winner on Bristol dirt. There it is. Uh, now, I love the sword though, because you seem to wield that thing any chance you get one on dirt, one on concrete, but what should the fans expect going there for the first time on concrete with the next gen car? The unexpected at this point. Um, my, my, my thoughts right now is, is thinking about the rubber that's going to be laid on the racetrack, right? You get the PJ one on the bottom. It used to always take a lot of rubber and clump up. Now we have a wider tire. And recently this Goodyear tire is really rubbering up the racetracks. Anywhere we go, there's a ton of rubber. We're testing, testing in Martinsville is like a ton of the, the garage is rubbered up. You know, so you can imagine, you know, what this could be 500 laps of cars being just constantly pounding into the racetrack. I would think it's going to go through some serious swings. The track's going to go from, you know, one on the bottom to one on top. Maybe it's going to over rubber on the top and you're going to have to be forced to find something in the middle. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say what it's going to be. I know it's going to be a grueling race. That's for sure. It's Bristol 500 laps there, possibly shifting. It seems like that might be a thing. Um, our arms are going to be falling off, Corey. <laughs> We're going to be at the end of this one. We are going to be shot because like, that's the thing about short tracks, this next gen car, they are, it's going to be 500 qualifying laps. Like you're going to have to be hammered down every lap. Did you know, you probably do, that you hold a record at Bristol? Do you know what that record is? Um, no, I don't, but I'd like to know it. In 2015, if that's a hint, Xfinity race. Uh, let every lap. 
How the hell does somebody lead every lap at Bristol? I don't know. Uh, they had longer runs, and everyone ended up pitting. Like, usually because of the pit cycles and things like that, you don't lead every lap. Uh, but we had a fast car, and then their longer runs, when the caution came out, everybody pitted every time. And so we maintained the lead, had good stops, and, yeah, we let every, let every lap on that one. That was kind of cool. That's, that's a neat one. Yeah. So also another big milestone in uh, in Joey's NASCAR career, 500 career starts. Mm. Did, does oh. it feel like it's been 1,000 or does it feel like it's been 50? Hi. I think it's like, I think it's like having kids. I think the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. You know, so, sometimes it's like some seasons feel like they take forever. And then you kind of just, when you take a step back and look at, what is it, close to 15 years of cup racing, you're just like, well, that was, that was pretty quick. Because, I mean, I remember not, it didn't feel like it was that long ago. You remember you were racing pro challenge cars at Bristol? Yeah. <laughs> we went up there, which... Those are way too fast for, for Bristol. It was not, I wouldn't say it was safe in any way, but we drove up there and did that. It was fun. Yeah. Bristol. So we, we've, we've been at this a long time. And I tell people all the time, it's like when you when you think about, you know, the success that Joey Logano's had, you've been in a cup car racing full-time almost more than half of your life. Almost. Yeah. Which is a bizarre thing. Now, that kind of leads up to, I'm going to ask you the Iron Man question. I think we've asked you this on the show before. But you've got to be looking at it because you just recently announced another long-term deal with Penske. It's your home for the foreseeable future. Does mm-hmm. pretty good chance, knock on wood, you're going to be the Iron Man one day in the near future. What would that sort of thing mean to you? Um, so, yes, I've, I've thought about this in the past, and I'm probably one of the few that can do it at this point. So I've started so young, right, and, and I can maybe do this. And if I can consistently keep starting races and nothing happens that, you know, you don't get hurt, you don't get other stuff. Right. Um, right. And, and, and so I have a chance at, at hitting that it's still, I, I think I'm, I think I'm eight years away. If I'm, so, so don't quote me on that, but I'm like close somewhere, somewhere in there. And so I, I don't know, like at that point I'd be, you know, close to 40. Uh, so it's, it's definitely doable. Like who knows at that point in my life, what, what's going to be most important, what I'm going to be doing and, and all that. Like, it's really hard to say, because let's be honest, the Iron Man award, you know what it pays? Goose egg. And, and, and most of the time people don't even know who is, who is that. And like, what, like, I don't know what, what value is really in that besides just kind of a, a feeling inside of, of accomplishment. Um, I'd much rather win a bunch more races than just start races. Like, I don't know, like, it's almost like a participation award in a way, right? Like, you started a whole bunch of them. Good for you, you know, but I, I want to win a bunch of them. Uh, that, that means more. And so I'd like to have it. It would be something cool to have, you know, with your name on it and having the, the youngest record with the with the Iron Man, like the, the two of those kind of going together would be cool. But I don't know how much either one of them really matters. How much is Joey Logano different starting Bristol this weekend, start number 500, than start number one in oh. Dude, like, well, you know how it is when you started your first cup race. You're like, wigging out, right? Yeah. Like, because you and and for me, like, I was I was 18, and my my first race was in Loudon, and uh, yeah, I remember just like being a nervous wreck before the race starts, and 
I sucked. Like I was awful. I was way off. And I, I, I think I finished three laps down. I never hit a thing. Just finished two laps down. And, you know, I was in a good car, obviously. So like, I just was off. And it was like the, the slap in the face was like, welcome to reality, bud. And like, you know, like if, before that I could win Xfinity races. I could jump in things. I can just win. And like, it was okay. And then I got to that level. And like, these guys are really, really good. Like even like the guys that ran in the back that I thought were no good. We're coming off the corner, just sideways, smoking them, right? And wow, like these guys, I thought that sucked are really good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not even close. And so, I mean, I guess like those those firsts are always what makes you nervous, right? Because you don't know what's coming. And it's like that in life, no matter what you're doing. Like the first time you do it, you're really nervous. And then as you do it a couple of times, you get, you get used to it, right? Your first kid to your second kid, you're a completely different parent. Your first year of cup racing to your second year to your 15th year yeah it's it's a lot different you you know it's coming but i i can't say i i still get nervous i still prepare in the same way i still like are is thinking about what's on the line and and it kind of is what drives me but i'm a lot more comfortable in that environment now so i want to shift gears a bit because bear with me for a second <clears throat> i generally compare you and Kyle Busch, just because you guys came in at 18, you're racing the Cup Series from the time you were old enough to vote, right? More like more than anybody else. And you yourself and Kyle Busch have both grown up literally in front of millions of people every single weekend for the last over 15 years. You also were similar to Kyle Busch in his, this current season of life where he more or less, without putting any fluff on it, got fired from JGR. You had some Xfinity offers to go run for, for JGR. Obviously, Cup Series talent, you want to say the Cup Series, the 22 became available, so you made the move. When you view Kyle Bush's scenario, making the jump to RCR this year, hitting the reset button on his career after 15 years at Gibbs, what is some sort of insight that you can give the listeners that they probably don't understand watching it and just judging Kyle's actions over the last couple of months? Yeah, I, there, there's some similarities, but there's also a lot of things different, right? Because like, when I look at my situation, I was four years into my career. I was losing my job because I wasn't good on the racetrack. And I had a great opportunity at Penske and everything worked out, obviously, for the best. Um, but that being said, going through my own contract negotiations since then, right? We just went through one, right? And, and announced that deal. And it's a distraction, you can't tell me it's not. And that's with a team that, you know, people, you know, and in the sponsors are set, you have all this stuff figured out. I don't have a truck team. I don't have, uh, you know, at the time when I was moved to Penske, I didn't have a family. I, I, I it's just me. I, now I'm married with children, those type of things. Like Kyle's got to go through all that. He's got a truck team. He's got all these things he's got to do. And oh yeah, let's go win a championship this year while, while you're still here. Like you only have a hundred percent in a day. You're going to have to allocate your time in different ways to, to maximize what you have. And when I can focus a hundred percent on driving a race car, Kyle can't right now or couldn't. And I think when you hear a lot of his interviews here recently, he's wanting, he was wanting to announce something. He was wanting to get a deal done. You can tell like, he's just over it. Like get me somewhere. I want to know where I'm going to be next year. And let me go focus on that. 
like now okay the first the first dominoes fallen today great good for good for him now there's the other piece of it where now you have this like i don't want to call it a lame duck year but it's like a weird environment it gives for him because now you're working at a place where they're viewing you as yeah we want to win with you but you're also a competitor of ours next year and we don't want to show you anything anymore so now if there was any tests i'm pretty sure he's not going to be doing those he's not going to be in any meetings anymore that's what happened to me they they had a conversation and it's completely understandable it's hey why are we going to give you everything and let you take it down the road to, to rcr like that no and that's understandable but now you're left on an island on your own by yourself and it's it's really weird because i'm part of the team but i'm not part of the team i'm going somewhere else next year like it's just a weird a weird thing and then like i'll always remember i said this earlier i'm serious that the final race with that team is like a really weird bittersweet moment because take take yourself out of it take your future out of it it's the relationships that you grow with your team right? I worked at Gibbs from when I was 15 to I was 21. And so I was there a lot and I built these relationships with these people we on the lunch, you go to eat, like you're working with them, all this stuff. And you're with everyone so much. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm out of here. And it was, it was sad. I, I, you can't sugarcoat that. Like it's, it's a sad day. And, and even when I see them now, like I still like, there's those guys, I, I miss those guys. They're great. They're great people. Um, doesn't mean like it didn't work out it worked out for both of us really really well but there's that bittersweet moment when he leaves phoenix for the final race in the 18 car that's gonna i think it's gonna be hard it was hard for me mm. wow that's a that's a loaded answer my friend that was a good explanation yeah, now <laughs> what's your all what's your all too now what's your all too soon prediction on Kyle Busch's performance over that rcr I mean, I would think it'd be fine, right? I mean, look at what Reddick's doing in the eight over there, right? He put on the pin this week. He, he goes fast. Um, you know, I think Kyle's going to add a lot to it. Kyle's, he's smart. He's a smart race car driver. He, he's, uh, um, you know, able to, I think, probably add a lot to that race team. Um, you know, obviously Kyle has different sides to him and different things as well, but I think he's going to be able to bring something to that team. He's obviously going to want to uh, – you know, he's, he's probably going to have a little chip on his shoulder, right? I mean, you, you get let go from one place and you go somewhere else. Well, you want to show up, right? You you want to you want to get to Daytona and show them what's up. And I'm pretty sure Kyle's going to have that and and probably bring a little extra to the table, I would assume. Um, whether if he knows that or not inside, or you're probably going to subconsciously bring a little extra. It's just like the playoffs, right? It might be the playoffs in Daytona for him right off the bat. Where is that Phoenix trophy going to sit behind you? <laughs> uh, right near the other one over there. Yeah. <laughs> By the window. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, if uh, if you win that Phoenix trophy, it probably comes along with one that can even out your backdrop. So what do you, yeah, the something, team, what do you guys have to do to make sure you can uh, position yourself for that? We just got to be solid here the next the next few weeks. You got to get through the first round, right? Get through Bristol, um, and then you just got to execute these races, right? And that, that's the biggest thing. If if you don't have winning speed, you got to get stage points, and you got to you got to top ten them to death and get some couple top fives within that. 
and and just have solid. And I look at the next round, pretty tricky, right? You got Talladega, you got Roval, Texas in there. Uh, it's a pretty tricky round where Talladega, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 you finished super speedways better than me. I, I'm just going to follow you all day, I guess. Cause I, well, I, I, I if, if, if you're following me, I'm freaking hanging out with my belts tight. Cause whoever you're pushing usually ends up in the fence. Oh, come on now. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> it's time to go. He <laughs> is got to go. Maybe that, maybe that's it. Well, no, not lately. I've been pretty good no. at it lately. I feel like I'm you've good been, at it. You've been good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's me that gets turned around most of the time in these, but um, I mean, I just think of those rounds like it's going to be tough. And then uh, and then once you get to the championship four, then it's just all about that one race. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of its own little thing. Right. And you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, uh, you know, you, you remember those races forever. I, I remember every championship four we've been part of. And and you remember the ones that sting the most. And Phoenix in 2020 is probably the one that that stings the most for me. And yes, it's the most recent that we were in there, but also the fact that we came off of pit road on the final pit stop under green as the leader and, and, and had a 20 or 30 car length lead over chase and things are looking good with like 30 laps to go and you get a vibration and you fall back to fourth. Like, are you kidding me? Right. Like, like that, that I get a pit in my stomach thinking about it right now of, of like, we did everything we were supposed to do that race you're fast pit stops are right. You execute to the lead with 30 or 40 to go. And next thing you know, you're, you're running fourth and you can't see where you're going because your car's shaking so bad. Holy cow. Like, but that's the things that can happen throughout this whole 10 week span and everything's got to go just right. And it can just be one run at the end of a race that changes your whole season. Mm. Well, there you heard it from the man himself, driver of the 22 Ford Mustang, Joe Logano. Before I let you go, you've answered a little refresher for the listeners. What's your, if you had to pick one car and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life, what are you picking? Um, Bristol. I love Bristol. I, I, would, I think it's a great racetrack. Yeah. In what? Well, I've never really raced anything but a, a cup car and an Xfinity car there. I would, I would choose a cup car from 20... 18 probably when we had a bunch of power and the small spoilers that was probably the most fun that it was and you're uh, maybe i'll say next gen cars after this i don't know i might we'll see okay. i think i think they're going to put on a pretty decent show and then one question i don't know if you've been on early this year so you may or may not have gotten it what's the most embarrassed you've been at a racetrack oh um my most embarrassing moment in a race car wasn't at the racetrack. Does that count? Give it to me. You know, do you know the story about when I wrecked the pit car? No. Refresh, oh, refresh me. I have this, this, this. Oh, was, it Roush. It Roush. You drove into the fence. Oh, you, yeah. You said that you said that on the show. Did I? Yeah. Well, that that that's definitely the most embarrassing one. <laughs> uh that, that one, that one was embarrassing. I actually went over to RFK the other day and all the flashbacks came back. Uh, <laughs> so the wheel force car was over there and I was looking at it and, and Brad was showing me around of you know, everything they did to, to renovate. It looks really nice over there. And <laughs> I just had these memories of pushing this wrecked pit car as a 15 year old through the shop and everyone looking at you like, how do you wreck the pit car? 
and that yep forever will be burnt into my mind I, there's plenty of other embarrassing moments I've, out of 500 starts i believe believe me there's plenty of dumb things kansas i went down pit road with the pits closed as the leader can can oh, we I, embarrassing well sometimes hey sometimes you have a brain fart man yeah <laughs> when when you said a 15 year old pushed a pit car wreck it instantly for whatever reason brought back the the kind of instructor like the guide when we were on those ski dudes in salt lake city or, or lake placid and he said nascar's next superstar totaled my sled well let's just close let's just close it with that story so give me your point of view and then i'll add in mine Corey, Corey's a better uh storyteller than i am so i'm, I'm just saying that right. uh, Corey's is, is much better at it but bottom line is it ended in a barrel roll i'll let Corey go with this one all right all right all right here buckle up ladies and gentlemen so we're up at lake placid and uh Brebo or jeppo and i put on like a nhra drivers versus nascar drivers in bobsleds so they had dan walden was there joey was there jr todd i mean there was eight or nine guys having a good time they also simultaneously had a polaris they had like eight or nine maybe a little more than that sleds like the latest greatest right off the showroom for like test rides for people coming to to enjoy the event so we get all done bobsled and we jump on these sleds and they were like pretty uptight about them like you had to sign the release and you had to watch the movie and you got the whole spiel about you like there's this parking lot that is iced over and you drive straight and you putt at four miles an hour do not do any horseplay so we're like yeah like it's my dad tom deb joey's mom and joe and there's a couple other of us and we go and we're having a blast. There's a big oval track and we're gassing these things up. And they, I mean, anybody who's driven a snowmobile, like they move, right? Like these things are beasts. So fast. And we get to this particular parking lot that's frozen over. And I'm like second or third in line and like the instructor's up front. And I'm like kind of fishtailing, messing around. And my dad's second behind me and he's like getting a little more, right? And I look behind him and here's Joey and he is like broadside like getting it block to lock next thing you know that thing takes a bite and <laughs> i look over my shoulder and joey again similar to darlington going down the grandstand stairs parallel to the ground flying like superman the sled takes like four or five endo rolls yard sales gas tanks falling off handlebars are jacked up skis point up to the ceiling and he's like trying to he gets off he's trying to like flip this thing over before the instructor like sees him it's got plastic and scattered everywhere and of course the instructor peeks over sees him my dad and i and joey are trying to flip this sled over before uh we got caught well obviously we got caught the thing only turned right afterwards because the handlebars were in a tank up against the tank the thing was teetotal so he puts this thing tail between his legs and like brings it back in and the head guy from polaris he's like holy shit, man what happened and the guy said yeah nascar's next superstar totaled our sled <laughs> and then your pinky the same one that got hurt from darlington reoccurring industry industry uh injury apparently you stuck it in the snow every time you could for the rest of the trip 
Made of snowball. You and that pinky. I tell you what, something about being around you. Like, I don't know what it was when we were it, kids, but I, I, um, I pushed it a little too much a lot. It, it did not, usually does not end well for you, uh, but. But you, you know, know what? It hasn't ended well for you a few times either. If I remember a couple side by side incidents uh, back in the day too. Oh, I've ripped plenty of your side by side wheels off for sure. I've definitely done a number, and my my uh, damage bill over Joe Logano Racing side by side division is quite high. So <laughs> I appreciate. We used, to, we used to ride out here. We used to ride every like almost every night. It was a good time. Yeah, back and forth kids and responsibilities. And, oh my goodness. Well, guys, here. hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Joe Logano headed into Bristol this weekend, up 40, the cut line feeling pretty good. So good luck, Joe. I'll see you up there. All right. I'll see you up there, man. Thanks. See you, Rolling into the last great Coliseum this weekend, Saturday night at 7.30 on USA. One of my favorite races of the weekend. There are like four or five that are like special they're all special but like daytona 500 southern 500 and the bristol night race is it a crown jewel oh for sure for sure (laughs) bristol dirt get out of here bristol night race yes one of my favorite things also about it thousand percent of crown jewel bristol night race 100 percent. yes get a ring if you win it you get a sword dude a sword can we can we hang on speaking of rings did y'all think it was coincidence that both of Kyle Bush's rings were on these fingers? Did y'all pick fingers? up on that? I, I, I didn't realize they were on his. I noticed the rings. I didn't realize they were on the middle finger. I didn't know that. Did, no, you it think, wasn't a coincidence. Do you think they just fit on both those fingers? And Or do you think that he was like, I'm going to put this one right here? No, he absolutely did it on purpose. Uh, you think so? Yes. Yeah. That would be some cobble. If he had both of them on one he middle is, finger. He, um, where was it, Texas? No, I think two separate ones even better. Uh, was yeah. it Texas that he went, bam, bam? Inside the race car. Inside the race to the car. Pit to the official. See, official okay, if this. you want to make if you want to make a big deal about if you get a ring or not, I, Texas isn't a crown jewel, and you get a ring for that one. You also get uh, a hat. We won, well, no, we won Texas, and I, we got a belt buckle for the All-Star race. That's the All-Star race. Well, because it's not a crown jewel, because you didn't get a ring. You get a ring if you win Indy. I just like I think road course. All right, y'all get y'all shut up now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One of them, I wanted to ask y'all what y'all's walkout song would be if you get to choose one, because they let us all the drivers choose walkout songs, and it's one of my favorite things of the year. Merriman, me, yeah. I don't know. I'd probably pick like Stone Cold's walkout music and just just wreck people all night. Now, if would you smash two beer cans together and take a big sip before 500 laps? I don't know if that's legal or not. I don't but think it is. Maybe you know, smack a couple O'Doul's bottles together, yes. glass, and just shatter them. <laughs> and then crunch on the glass <laughs> like a real man. Yeah, Chuck. I see. Would it be a dog ear song? No, no. no. Chuck would be some like drummer boy stuff from an no, infantry division. No. <laughs> so when I was an orientation counselor in college, we had walkout music, and I used the Bulls entrance music, serious oh, okay. on this guy. But I wouldn't want to do that there. So is that Baja Men? <laughs> we we'll let the dogs out. No, <laughs> I, I like honestly like gut reaction. Quick, quick thing. Uh, Sturgill Simpson, you can have the crown. Ooh, yeah. Like walk out to that. So. He- I take it very serious when I'm picking my walkout song because you have to know the audience 
You have to know where you're at. You have to also know the demographic. Yep. Yeah, Stone Cold kills everywhere, by the way. <laughs> Stone Cold kills everywhere. And also, obviously, NASCAR fans and wrestling fans. A lot of similarities there. Work. Um, so, like, I can't do a newer rap song, right? Maybe one that I like with the baby. No, like Childish Gambino. Or Childish Gambino. Or even like an Eminem song, right? Like Wu-Tang Clan. Mom, Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah. Just puke everywhere. Now, people, like, that's a bit older one, so I feel like people could, like, you have 12 to 15 seconds of a clip mm-hmm. to, like, make your point. What would be yours? Uh, for indoors, we have to do it every every year, and I do still Dre, I think it is, or it's a yeah, Dr. Do Dre, the, Snoop Dogg, it's got ding, the, ding, ding, yeah, just I keep it consistent. Do you get to pick the 15-second segment? Yes. Like, yes. Wu-Tang doesn't have any good entrance song. They have great songs, but yeah. nothing good to walk out to. But, dude, you could do a wrestling one because Cream. you had the wrestling car this year already. I could. I'm going to try to – I'm going to find you all the 15 Lee seconds I did. Greenwood. <laughs> Only if he's singing it when you're walking out behind him. How much are we allowed to play on here before it gets flagged? Literally uh, none. <laughs> no seconds. Yeah, so – Super relevant. Highway to the danger zone is what mine there is. There you go. Goose. I feel, like, okay. I feel like Top Gun's fairly relevant right now. Obviously, anybody who hasn't seen the second one, Really damn good. Uh, I so didn't I'm, see the first one till this year. I'm excited to come out to that. Get out. Get me fired up. You bringing Levi with you? You gonna throw him? Walk like out? Maverick? No, I think <laughs> Levi though is gonna sing the national anthem. So I'm excited about. He did that last year. Harper's yeah. So there's. Um, I'm I'm also interested to like see what other guys walk out songs are because like you know it says a lot about you. Yeah. Of Was what it, you like, pick. Paul Menard always doing like death metal or something. <laughs> Kenseth, Kenseth was a death metal guy. Listen, not a fan of like the Matt's Bendetto getting dressed up. No, it's not so, Halloween. I don't love it. I don't no. love the goofy teach Who? me how to Dougie come out Dougie. And I don't love that. That's no. Denny, man. I know. I just don't love it. I, you that's want something he, that's going to pump the crowd up. You know, it was like, cool when Kyle Busch had his own song made. Yeah. Was it? You yeah. want to know what the yeah, best the cool. best Bristol walkout moment? When is, Kenseth says, Kyle <laughs> Busch is an ass. Kyle Busch is an ass. Man, really gave it to really gave him the old cheddar there. Really got him, Brad. Got him That's like, you really got him. Really put that championship ring on your middle finger, Brad. Yeah, he really, he really told him. He never recovered from that. That's and why then, I got fired from Gibbs. <laughs> Still loses sleep without being called an ass. Of <laughs> <laughs> what? You probably sold a t. You probably sold a couple t-shirts. Probably sold a couple t-shirts. Uh, I miss Penske, Brad. You know, Why? but that's another conversation for our day. You didn't have to race him every week. Yes, right. <laughs> I mean, him and I, him and I are racing our balls off right now. Isn't uh, that who caused the big wreck though? Took you out this past week. I don't really know how it started. I can tell you who should have prevented it was the forty-three car. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he was uh, trying. He passed about three rows to get to the wreck and create the wreck. So that was unfortunate because I feel like if he had just like used, I don't know, an ounce of patience, then we all would have made the corner. Uh, but you know, he's Southern 500 winner, man. He wanted to get back to the front. So ended our day and the 21's day and some other people's day. That's not the first time the 43's wrecked me. So, Ooh. uh, Ooh. he's, he's got a couple of tallies there that, uh, I haven't really found the right time to claim them. So, so there's that. Could it be another iconic Bristol fight? Ooh, yeah. Would you ever, fight, would you ever get in a fist fight? I'm not trying to get punched in the face for 16th. Yeah, but would you get in a fist fight? Period. Are you a? Are you a? In the moment, type? it would de- definitely depend on intent and how egregious. Okay. So just for, say this, like, just get a scenario. You got one in your head. I got one. All right, I got get, one. Go for it. Say mm. 
Ty Gibbs puts you in the wall. He ain't going to punch Ty Gibbs in the face. No, I like Ty too much. That's for that. kid. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah, you, you I, had the run-in like, so run in, in Kansas. Yeah. Let, let me break that down right quick because we kind of talked about it. And I brushed it off. So Ty and I have also been running around with each other a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, out of two at Kansas is really slick, and you can do a four-wheel slide all the way to the fence. On a restart, I'm running the middle to the top. He was kind of pinning the bottom, which was kind of the a tough lane to get going in. We come off a two, and I was on his right rear quarter panel, and he's kind of slid, and I gave it to him. Like, either I give it to him now, cut him a break, or we both wreck, or I just right rear him in the fence. I hit the fence a little bit, and it's like, okay, there's your there's your gift. Come back around the next time, I roll his right rear quarter again, and I'm out there. Same thing. I lift, but then when I picked it back up, my intent was either hitting him square and he either saved it or whatever happened, I'm not going to lift. So unfortunately a tank slapped, it sat in the left for a bump stop and he hit the outside fence. Uh, my intention is between now and the time this airs call him and explain that I'm not really sorry about it because it's like, Hey, you can't chop me twice and stick this in the fence. Cause you got to leave a lane out there. That's just like stuff you got to learn. Somebody's out there rolling with some momentum. You can't slap in front of them. And it's just that's just what it is. Precise. So, okay, back to your hypothetical situation. I'm not going to punch Ty, Dill, Ty Gibbs in the face. Uh, Would you punch Ty Dillon in the face? <laughs> <laughs> no, because also, like, I don't want to get in a fist fight well, for anything some, less than, like, maybe, like, seventh. I'm saying, but this is hypothetical. So if somebody takes you out of a win. Say Chase does it again. Yeah, say, well, say if Chase just dumps you. Mm-hmm. Comes at you, I don't know, thinks you did something wrong, comes mm. at you, has his helmet on maybe. Like, what do you do? Do you swing? I love the face bar grab, like the yeah. one Pablo Montoya, Kevin Harvick, and Watkins Glenn. That would be the move. You really get some control if but, you got the helmet on you. But would you fight, yes or no? If forced. If I'm mad enough, but it would really take a lot for me to see red. So Corey, one time at Snowball Derby, was just having a bad day. Uh, and he broke a track bar. He was having a good day, and then he had a bad day, and then he was sitting on the bottom of the track getting out of the car and some guy wasn't really paying attention and drove into him hang on hang on hang on jumped on his hang on hang on hang on let me put some context around this nope did we do the ropes like no i jumped on like i was a toddler uh i broke a track bar into one and like the rear end's flopping around right so i'm like idling down the track so i don't like don't tear the car up anymore and it knocked the drive shaft out of it because it was like laying up against the drive shaft hoop so i was dead in the water there was like Maybe if a car is six feet wide, there was five feet, 10 inches in between my car and the guardrail. And apparently Jerry Artuso was looking down at his gauges coming down a pit road and drove it in between and wedged his car in between my car and the guardrail and just stopped while my helmet was off. and I was getting out like I was already unbuckled. And I'm like, this mother like how dumb do you have to be to not look out your windshield? Like we literally are jammed up against the guardrail. So his car was stuck right next to mine, so I couldn't really get out. Once I got out, like I walked across this hood, and I felt underneath those fiberglass hoods, like where the out air cleaner was, and I just jumped on it like four or five times, like a four-year-old <laughs> throwing tantrum no, until part. it broke in half. And then I was like, okay, I'm happy now. No, the best part was Jerry Artuzo was pitted next to us. So so he makes it to his pit box, and Corey walks back to our pit stall, and Corey's in his window net yelling at him. And we're, like, fighting this guy, and it's a single-car accident. So, like, me, I'm like, why are we fighting? 
what are we gonna fight these people? And they're like, get the hell out of here, boy. They're they're big guys. They're like from up. So north. did you yeah. did you break the air cleaner? Or the oh hood? yeah, the, both. <laughs> yeah, but you were ready to fight. I'm talking like this. You like... were ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was bad. And then I didn't stop jumping until I heard it go. <laughs> Yeah, it was Corey smash. What, what did yeah. your dad say? Uh, I don't think he was. Da- he might have been down there with us. Uh, he probably wouldn't have been proud of that, but he didn't. He didn't have any of his money wrapped up in that, so he was like he more care. of a bystander. Now, okay. now, see if you did that at Bristol, that would go into one of those iconic moments, like yeah. Tony throwing the helmet. You know, that's him on the hood of Jerry R. Two. <laughs> it looks like he's dancing an Irish jig or something. I, it looked like I was dancing <laughs> an Irish jig. Um, if you get parked at Bristol, like end of the race, having a decent day, I can totally understand why you do a, a helmet toss. Now, then again, I don't want to pay another 1200 bucks for a helmet paint job and buy another helmet. I'm too cheap for that. We just pull a Harvick move and just jump the deck lid and – Grab weight on him after the race. Man, one of my all-time favorite Bristol memories was Harvick after that after that Bush Series race. He jumps over Biffle's car and grabbed him from out of nowhere. Mm, man, <laughs> and I, he had a look in his eye there with that goatee on. That's a Kevin Harvick you do not want to miss. Yeah, that was. Uh, we saw that look last year when him and Chase when it, like he had full blown like shark eyes, insano bro. eyes. <laughs> He's oh, like yeah. Captain Insano, crazy. Chase should have poked him in the eyes. Like <laughs> blink, would you, Kevin? <laughs> Oh, he had glasses on. Oh, yeah. The Ward Burton one. I wish I had someone to shoot with a win on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was mad at Junior. Yeah. yeah. Dude, but I'll tell you what. The Carl Edwards, Kyle Bush. Oh, after the race? The, 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 so, like, Carl yes. Edwards gets out, and he's like, well, I had to ask myself, would he do it to me? Or, you know, and he would, and he has. So, And then Kyle Bush just called him Mr. Mr. Ed. Ed. <laughs> like, one of the best birds. Oh, Mr. Ed-like. Yeah. <laughs> What's another good? What's another good at Bristol? Stewart Kenseth, I was with Stewart then. Yeah, I think, and, and dude, that was a perfect center punch helmet toss too. Two handed, two handed. Who's got that helmet? Right off of the Ford emblem. Boom. Uh, I think is it Sako or one of those guys. What? Maybe Helton might have it. I don't know. I don't know. That's they what, took it. Your next throwback helmet, special helmet design, should be that maroon helmet with the gray sides. But in the gray sides, you should airbrush Tony. A throwing the helmet and then the, the next side. Him yeah, doing the, the round that that part like when he's going, uh, I'm just like getting this. Is... I like I don't think Hell he of was. A cornhole I don't player. think he was truly that mad. Like I think he was frustrated because we hadn't run well at Bristol yeah. in a long time, and he was having a good run. Kind of cycled the lead, and they just got into it. I think he was playing to the crowd more than anything. Oh, for sure. That mobile one paint sure. scheme though was killer. Love that car. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but you know what, boys? I'm excited for Bristol to be back to the to the old days of like just packed and it's it this one should be because it's a cutoff race and you've got contenders below the line well you had a good race last year xfinity race there last year wrecking across the line really fantastic oh, i was madder than hell you got well you know well you get over it uh then you then you got chase and harvick that only i mean that stuff fuels ticket sales in my opinion you know well, and also the racing this year has been awesome. Amazing. And there's 18 winners, and it's been good. Most The most different winners to this point in the season in NASCAR history. Hmm. 18, this many races you got to think. Who's going to win this one? Blaney and Truex haven't won. Right. Those are two guys that you pencil in that yep. they're going to win. So yep. that if, if they win, that's 19 and 20. 
which means we're there. Dude, that's so many winners, different winners in a season. And we've got eight races left, so you you could have. 21? Yeah. I'll go I win mean, Talladega. This good. is a place you've had good runs. Yeah. This is a, and this is a place like we Matt the Benedetto is going to win this race. Yeah. So. And I do think if we could see, we could see a lot of different tire strategies too. With Oh, yeah. If we go those 15 to 30 lap runs where, you know, guys are doing alternating tire sequences, it just – depending on where the cautions fall, you might see a shit. You might see me up there if we play it right and get a little bit lucky, but I don't think that it's a straightforward long green runs. I think you're going to see guys get into each other. I think you're going to see guys spin out. How hard is it going to be on the equipment? I mean, we saw Darlington be super hard on equipment. Then we're going to see guys pushing the tires, pushing the limits on tires, camber and air pressure. Um, do you think the the force... Toyota lost a wheel force car in the test there with the right front down stuffed in the fence, all four wheel? It's a place where a lot of things wheel come loose. Well, I was gonna say, do you think grand a piece? Do you think the the g forces are gonna force parts to break here? Like, is it gonna be a man versus machine? I really think that I think mo- the most vertical load we see is a Charlotte. Okay, um, in the one, yeah, like it's like thirty four five hundred pounds of what you see. So, man, I I feel like besides stuff catching on fire and i think they've done a lot of stuff to uh, inhibit that going forward particularly with the fords i think beyond that knock on wood man the parts have been doing over and above what people expected just thousand times on the brakes just do- thousand like, times in the you corner. think about dover right dover is a place where you kind of comparable loads higher mm-hmm. speed but man there's something about bristol that break that you aren't used to breaking yep so there will be and like we haven't I I always get nervous going to Bristol. Like there's tracks where you where loose wheels were a thing always more than others. Darlington, Vegas, uh, you know, Dover, Charlotte, but Bristol's one that you just we we haven't done any one lug nut pit stops there. We haven't, you know, had an X Gen car there. So it, it the door is open for there to be an attrition race. Therefore you are not gonna want to miss it. Seven thirty. Saturday night on USA. But something I don't want to miss, some Penny for Your Thoughts questions. So, Janie, what do we got? Matt Parsons asks, if they were to bring back the prelude to the DLM dream, would it be something you would want to be a part of? It would be out of your wheelhouse a bit, but that was the fun of that racing, right? Dude, that would be a ton of fun. The problem with that race is it got a bit out of hand because guys started to, you know, Kyle Busch went to Scott Bloomquist and gave him 50, 60 grand to go rent a car, right? And then they go test. Um, so it would be tough to redo that. Now, we saw some Twitter banner back and forth about Denny Hamlin. Well, Dale Jr. put out a tweet about maybe a late model race the weekend of the All-Star race there in Wilkesboro. Denny said, why don't we bring the, what was it, the All-Star Showdown? Uh, Denny Hamlin's Short Track short, Challenge. Short Track Challenge, right, where you mix in a couple cup guys, mix in some short track guys. Big money. Prelude to the All-Star Race. Prelude to the All-Star <laughs> Race. Um, but to answer Matt's question, I'd super, I'd definitely be interested. That one time I drove up early mile at Bristol was super fun. It's just hard to align guys' schedules. And also, I don't. it's hard to sell a forty dollars to $50,000 sponsor to run dirt late mile for one race. But uh, – I definitely think if TV was behind it and it was definitely worth doing it in a long, long enough heads up, I think you would definitely be able to do it. Um, 
I'm more of an asphalt. I'm more of an asphalt guy. Uh, Donathan Davenport would be my first call. You do his seats. Yep. I have an idea. What if you took the winner of that race, assuming it's Cup guys, and you gave them a ticket to the All Star event, like to watch it from the grandstands? No, to compete. No, you can't cross. You can't do that. Why? Because the All Star race is meant for All Stars of the Cup Series. Not for some I'm saying, slap dick dirt late mall race. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm talking about if you no. do it. If you do like a a a prelude type race at Wilkesboro ahead of whatever. Yeah, like no. a Denny or just Hamlin. Cup guys. He's saying like a Denny yeah. Hamlin. Yeah, but yeah. No. Well, Maybe Junior can get a gonna, ride gonna in Xfinity car. Carson Quapple a ticket to the All Star race, Cup All Star race because he won a late mall race. Yeah, let him start in the late mall. No. What else we got, Janie? We have one more from our good friend Higgy. He wants to know, North Wilkesboro has been equated to baseball's Field of Dreams. Do you have a hypothetical Field of Dreams track that you would like to run in the Cup Series, and what past drivers would you want to show up and race oh, against? wow. Great question, Higgy. Uh, Rockingham. I love that place, man. It's so fun. Three late model wins there. I've always ran well there. Finished second there in the K&N car. Um, you know, and if you go back to Rockingham, you know, you gotta, you gotta have Earnhardt back. You gotta have Davey Allison, guys like that. That would be the field of dreams for my taste. Now, North Wilkesboro, same way. I'm super pumped up to race there. Um, but yes, you start racing against them, them guys in the mid eighties, early nineties, uh, Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin, those those banded characters around Rockingham now, talk to me. That'd be a hell of a that'd be a hell of a race. You think that's next on the list? You no. think that's you know, now think? that did get some uh, PRP or what whatever. It's, get, it's getting the, it's getting money from it's getting the state help. and federal government. So I mean, but the problem is is SMI doesn't own it anymore. They sold it. So I mean, the, third party ownership doesn't have the political ties. Don't have. Uh, the connection to NASCAR to be able to pull a race there and guarantee it a date. But, so, but you think that's the next hill that people are going to die on? You think people will move off Wilkesboro and, and go? One thing that I'm a little bit nervous about. And this is all too soon, and maybe I'm just grasping the straws. I'm because I turned on a 1987 first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro on NASCAR. Benny Park. Oh, dude, it was so good, so good, and. Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt, Benny Parsons, uh, they had Rick Hendrick there in a pit road interview. Like, there was so many cool tidbits about it. But the racing product wasn't tremendous, right? It's a single groove racetrack, which I think is going to be good. We talked about it last week on the show. There are some positives to have a single groove racetrack and making your shit work on the bottom. But people can't. Don't get too glued into sing double file racing. Cars top of each, on top of each other all night long. Be more appreciative of the fact that we are going back to a track that was now resurrected. Now, with the all-star race, it's the perfect way to do it because you can break it up and make it as interesting yep. as you want. And I think that that Wilkesboro becomes NASCAR's Goodwood Festival, right? A place where it's a, it's a motorsports festival. Yep. And the all-star race is the perfect way to do that because if you wreck, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I am interested to see the trucks on it, though. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, you, because you will get a full length race, if you will, on that track with the truck series. Like seeing them at Rockingham when they went, what year was that? Uh, they went two years back Casey in. Kane, I yeah. changed tires for uh, Ron Hornaday. That was 13. 
Yeah, and that, like, to me, that was badass, like, going there. As, I went as yeah. a fan. I was working at NASCAR, but we got tickets. And yeah. You got to support it, man. It's a badass experience. And the truck race is a good length that, you know, like, a cup race, it's going to be longer. They can be, quote, unquote, boring to watch sometimes. Yeah. It, now, I feel like there are different segments of fans who find different styles of racing enjoyable. There are the ra- the racing enthusiasts and purists who like tire conservation. Yep. The Matt Weavers of the world, if you will, likes the worn out, long green runs, guys conserving their stuff, guys going hard early and burning it up late, and just like the nuances of sliding a 3,600-pound car and trying to find every little tidbit of grip. There's also the segment of fans that love Daytona and Talladega, love the cars going three wide, drafting nose to tail, when they can sit there on their couch and watch all the cars in one shot, there's a decent amount of fans like that. And there's also a group of fans that don't know what the hell they like. And you know what's great about the schedule for next year? You get a little bit of everything. Get a little bit of everything. So that way you're appeasing all of your different uh, fan bases. Road, street courses, super speedways, short tracks, and everywhere in between. NASCAR's got you covered, ladies and gentlemen. 7 p.m. on USA. Bristol night race, cutoff race, round one of the playoffs. I don't want to forget my pen. I almost forgot. Damn it, Chuck. I was going to forget the whole part of the best part of the show. Penny stacker of the week. Um, so I go to – I brought the, the mountain bike to the track this week. Or, yeah, do up in the hauler. Grab a minivan, rental car, throw it in there, go ride on Friday. Kick eight, nine miles or so. And then on the way back, I always try to go to the, what, in my opinion, the best steakhouse downtown's 801 Chop House. I like to just go sit at the bar. They have about 90 different bourbons. I'll try a couple of them. I'll splurge, eat like Wagyu steak, feel bougie, go home, check the box. I sit down. It was fairly early, 4.45, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock for my East Coast time. But I sit, get there at the bar, sit down. I'm the only one there. Bartender comes up. He says, are you Corey? I was like, maybe. Because I knew it. I knew you by the hair, he says. And he's like, I am the biggest NASCAR fan. I'm like, really? Yeah, man. He said, me and my wife go to every Kansas race for the last five years. Grew up in D.C. And we, like, there's nobody around. He's not waiting anybody else. So we just start talking about NASCAR. Uh, says he's met Matt DeBedendetto, says he's met Austin Sindrick, William Byron, like starts rattling off. He says he watched, he's got the race for the championship show recorded. He's going to go watch the second episode that night. Like he's got tickets for the Sunday race, the whole bit. He's got a babysitter to watch his three-year-old daughter and him and his wife are going out to enjoy the race on Sunday. I'm like, man, I appreciate guys like you that are like just fans of the sport. Don't really like have any connections with it. Just like to go see cars go fast in a circle. And I, Appreciate that. So we're sitting there, eating, drinking some bourbon. He ended up pulling like five or six bottles down that I've never tried in my life and probably couldn't afford to buy a whole bottle of it. And we're just tr- taste testing. So like, we're having a good time. Did you get some pappy? They didn't, ex- they didn't even have any pappy there. Oh. Um, but one thing leads to another. And uh, I'm like, hey, you ever been to the infield before? He's like, no. I'm like, do you want to go? He's like. That would make my life. <laughs> I'm like, let me get your, let me get yourself a number because you just take your number and put your name, and I fire him to Leanne. Leanne puts him in there, and you get your link. So I put him and his wife in there. Text Leanne, 
she's like uber fast. So like three seconds later, he gets this link and he's like, it says, you know, Corey LaJoy has invited you to, to, (laughs) you know, to come to Kansas Speedway. He goes, Oh my goodness. Are you for real? I'm like, yeah, buddy, come on out. So I gave Pablo and his wife, uh, Bethany two VIP hot passes. And, um, he was there. He was, he showed up late. I guess they were stuck in traffic or whatever happened. And I'm about to go up on stage for the driver intros. And he's, he's like on the other side of the fence and he's like losing it, man. Pumped up. Um, get down set our goodbyes enjoy the race there's the pit box hang out all you want to do the whole deal and uh his wife texted leanne he says as they were walking out of the tunnel to go back to their grandstand seats he said my man pablo was crying because he was so happy so pablo you sir are the penny stack of the week i hope you tune in to, uh stacking pennies this week uh for your shout out it was cool to meet you uh and meet and make a new friend <laughs> love my guys over there and love people who support the sport just as much as I love each and every one of you who listen to the podcast every week to make sure you keep tweeting us your questions, hashtag penny for your thoughts, but also make sure you like download, share rate, review all the things uh, to keep this show on the road and moving. Spare change trivia, Bristol edition coming at y'all this weekend. Don't miss it. Saturday. See if you know more about Bristol than me and the gang. Love you guys. Thanks for stacking pennies. Talk to you next week.